Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Hey everyone, we've been talking about this series lately and we're going to finish it up today called Where There's a Will, There's a Way. And I don't know if it's been impacting you at all, but uh, it's been doing a lot for me. I've really enjoyed it and feel like God's been teaching me a lot of things and helping me through a lot of things. So if it was just for me, it's been good. And uh, but I trust God's speaking to you as well. If you've got your worship guide, there's sermon notes in there. You can pull those out or you can get on your YouVersion Bible app on your phone and you can follow along, download the sermon notes as well there. We're expecting every time we open the word that God's going to speak to us, that his word is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. So every time we open the Bible, we're like, God's going to speak to me today. I just believe that. We got to know that God's wanting to speak to us more than we want uh, him to speak to us. So let's get our Bibles out this morning. Let's open them to Romans chapter 1. Woo! Romans chapter 1. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. In this series, we've been talking about the fact that God has a will for our life that's based on his heart's desire for us, but he also has a way, a method, a means, a system in order to, to get into his will. So does the fact that God has a will for our life alone guarantee that we will experience his will? No, there's also a way, there's a means or a process. So it's not like it's just going to happen magically or automatically. God does have a will for my life, but he also has a way for our life. And he says, when you connect with my way, then you get to experience my will. Not because he's holding out on us, he's just giving us the plan. He's giving us the map. He's giving you the route. You want to get to the plan of God? Follow this route. It'd be crazy. You know, Google Maps starts talking to you and says, hey, in 100 feet, turn right. And you go, I don't want to. But I still want to get there. Well, now, now they're going to have to reroute you. Not because they're mad at you. Because you didn't turn where they told you to turn. Oh, I guess I got to go two more blocks now because you're all mad at me. No, because you didn't turn where I told you to. And sometimes that's what we do with God. We get mad at him because we don't follow his way when we're not experiencing his will. And he says, hey, my way is just about helping you experience everything that I want for you. It's not that I'm mad at you. Just say, hey, when I say do it this way, I've got a reason for it. So we've been talking about that. We want to experience his way. So today, I want you to give the theme. I want you to be the one who communicates the theme of our last installment of where there's a will, there's a way to your neighbor day. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to ask them this question. Are you looking for a way in? Are you looking for a way in? I want you to give the second part to the other neighbor and I want you to ask them, say, are you looking for a way out? Are you looking for a way out? They may have been your second choice, but still ask them. They were, you're looking for a way out. You were looking for a way out of talking to them, but I made you talk to them anyway. So here's the theme today. Are you looking for a way in, or are you looking for a way out? You're looking for a way in, looking for a way out. Let's, let's look at our scripture. In Romans chapter 1. My Bible's just automatically opening to Romans chapter 1 right now. Verse 8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making a request if by some means now at last 
I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you. It's what I want to do, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I want to pray. Father, I just thank you for the reading of your word, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and bring life to it. I pray that you bring clarity of communication, clarity of understanding. Lord, I want you to reveal truths to us that we can see you in a different light. We can see our situation and our circumstances from a different perspective. So God, I pray that life will truly be found in your word today. We give you praise for everything that happens in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. In verse 10, Paul says, I pray that by some means now at last he may find, may find a way in the will of God. I was going to move off of this. This is our last week. And I thought, Lord, Romans chapter 1, surely I can start with a different verse. And he's just, as I read it again this week, I felt like he showed me what part he wants to emphasize as we close this series out where it says, by some means now at last I may find a way in. I may find a way in. And this is where he spoke to my heart. says, are you looking for a way in or are you looking for a way out? May find a way in the will of God. Have you ever felt left out and wanted to find a way into something? Felt like you're on the outside in. You're like, man, how can I find a way in? Maybe you find a way into that job. I wish, man, I wish I could work that, for that job. I'd love to get hired by them, find a way into that. Find a way into that business deal or that contract or find a way into that friends group or click or find a way into a relationship. Oh, I wish they would ask me out or trying to find a way. You've been out there and like, I wish I could find a way into something. Sometimes we're like that. But you ever been on the other side when you're into something and you wish you could find a way out of it? Maybe it's a business deal. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's that friend group that you couldn't wait to get into. Now you got into it. And you're like, man, how can I get out of this thing? It's terrible. These people are selfish. I don't want to be with these people. You know, sometimes, and, and this phrase was said a long time ago, and I always thought it was good. This person said, it's better to want something you don't have than to have something you don't want. It's a whole lot better to say, man, I wish I could have than to say, man, I wish I didn't have. You know, this is what we're talking about. Are you looking for a way in or are you looking for a way out? According to Balance.com, the average marriage in the United States lasts seven years. Seven years. Again, that's not to condemn or criticize anyone who's not married or been divorced. It's just stating a fact that in marriage, for the overall average, seven years, people are finding a way out. And it's not just in marriage. It's also in our jobs and our employment. According to a 2019 Bureau of Labor Statistics report, the average number of jobs in a lifetime is 12. People are going to have 12 different jobs. They're looking for a way out, looking for a raise, looking for a promotion, looking for advancement, all kinds of reasons, none of them necessarily bad. The job tenure, the average person uh, works less than six years at one job. Just happens. Sometimes people change. So a lot of times people are looking for a way out. You may be in a situation right now, you're looking for a way out. You're looking for a way out of, of what you're going through, or maybe a, an employment situation, maybe it's a relationship situation. But Paul prayed here in this verse, he said, by some means now at last he might find a way in. Find a, may, find a way in the will of God. Why would we want to get in his will in the first place? What is our perspective of the will of God? This is what I always like to address. What is your perspective of the will of God? Is the will of God something we think is going to be enjoyable and good? Or do we think it's going to be restricting and miserable and boring? Like say, hey, can I, I'd love to find a way in the will of God. In other words, somehow I'm searching. I want to find, not that I accidentally stumble and fall into the will of God. 
But you find a way, like you're searching for a way in the will of God. Why would we ever want to be in the will of God? Sometimes our problem with not wanting to be in the will of God is we don't understand that the will of God is actually good. Christmas time, right? You're buying Christmas presents. How many of you, when you're thinking, going through that list of people that you're buying for, you look at their name on that list and you go, oh, what could I get for them that they would absolutely hate? What could I, what could I buy that would totally drive them bananas? What could I get that they would just want to throw away? What, what could I? We don't ever think about that. When we think about what we want to get them, we think about what would they like, whether they're going to enjoy. Well, the Bible tells us in Matthew, they said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask of him? Who's a better gift giver than God? Nobody. That's the answer to that question. Nobody. So why would we want to be in his will? Because we got to understand his will is good for me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good for you. It's good for you. Just get in the will of God. Get in the will of God. But here's the problem. If God's will is good for us, why would we ever want to get out of his will? It's usually a lack of trust. It's usually a lack of trust that his way is going to work for us. So let's look at this. Are you looking for a way in or are you looking for a way out? Two types of power we want to talk about today. Write these down. If you're taking notes, jot these down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and jot them down anyway. Two types of power. Number one, the power of choice is willpower. It's about selection. Number two, the power of change. Two types of power we're going to talk about. The power of choice, will. Where there's a will, there's a way. The power of choice. You have a power, you have a will. Number two is way. The power of change. The power of of making a decision, the power of connection, if you will. So let's look at the first one, the power of choice. God has a will, but so do you. You have a will for your life. Don't underestimate, I want to encourage you with this, don't underestimate the power of your choice, or don't underestimate the power of your will. Let's look at, go over to Romans, we're still in the same book, just go over to chapter 12. Don't underestimate the power of your will to make choices, to make decisions. This is what we're going to talk about in this first power and how significant of difference it can make in our lives, the power of choice. Romans chapter 12, I want to start reading there in verse 2. And it says, and do not, do not, everybody say do not. So if he tells us do not, understand this about the Bible. Everywhere God says do not, that means we have the ability to do not. He never tells us to do, not do something that we don't have the ability to not do. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The power of choice. Notice what he says. And do not, so here's a will, here's a choice we have. Do not be conformed. Now I'm going to break this down for a little bit. That's why I give you sermon notes and, and sometimes I want to break this down a little more detailed level because I want you to get it. I don't want us to just read over the Bible and go, that's cool, and move on. But I want you to understand what God is asking you and I to do and what it means. So when he says, do not, to you and I, be conformed, here's what the word conform means. It's a verb that means to shape, form, or mold one's behavior in agreement with a pattern or set of standards. So we defi define that or roughly translate that to say, don't shape or mold your behavior according to the world's pattern or standards. Don't shape your behavior or your thinking or your actions according to the world's standards or pattern. We're not using the world's standards for our standards of behavior. 
We're not using the world's standards for our standards of thinking. Don't be shaped. Don't let your life be molded or formed according to the world's standards. How many of your parents, maybe you've heard this, or maybe you're just a friend, you've heard somebody say this, that's coming up to you and say, hey, well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not as bad as them. Okay, Dad, I could be doing drugs. Okay, I understand that. But how many knows our standard is not supposed to be the worst person we know? The kids say, well, Dad, at least I'm not doing drugs. I say, I know, but that's not our standard. Our, our standard is not the worst person, the lowest person, the person that's furthest away from God. Let's measure. Our standard is not from that standpoint, from the world's eyes, whatever the worst person is in the world's eyes. Our standard is what God has for our lives. I, I could be, a, I'm not as bad as Joe as a husband. He's terrible. Well, Joe's not our standard. Who's our standard? Jesus. Husbands, love your wives as Joe loves his wife. <laughs> I wish it said that. I'd feel a whole lot better about myself. But it doesn't say that. It says, husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church. Ooh, so who's our standard? Jesus. Wives, same for you. Just not mentioning you, but our standard is Jesus. So what he's saying here, do not be conformed. Do not be shaped after that standard. But the word conformed is really important. It's two different types of voices. It's a passive voice and a middle voice. And there's a reason I want to break this down because I think it's important. Do not be conformed. Shaped, molded behavior. The passive voice means that the subject is being acted upon. In other words, something's doing it to it. So when he says don't be conformed by the world, he's saying that there are things outside of you that can shape and mold you. Outside of you that can happen. That's the passive voice. But it's also the middle voice. And the middle voice says where the subject is acting upon itself. So there's also a way that I can be conformed, I can be shaped and molded by what other people do, but I also can shape and mold according to what I do to myself. There's two influences in our life, and that's why I want to talk about the power of choice. There's what other people do to me, and there's also what I do to myself. There's thoughts that you can make me think about myself, and there's things that I think about myself that has nothing to do with anybody else. I just do it to myself. Sometimes our biggest enemy is the enemy on the inside of us. It's not about, well, the devil this or those people that. Sometimes, as Michael Jackson said, it's the man in the mirror. Sometimes it's just us. But that's what he's saying. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So we have the power of choice regarding what we're going to be conformed to, but be transformed. That word means to change the essential nature of something. What are we transformed by? Transformed by renewing your mind. That word renewing means to renovate, to become new and different, better than before, superior than before. Where are we becoming different? Where are we become better than before? Renewed in by renewing of your mind. So notice what he's telling us. Don't be shaped or molded by outside influences or by your own internal thinking. You have a choice. Do not do that. Do not be shaped according to the world's thinking or according to your own actions, but be transformed by. So transform. How's transform? That word transform means metamorphosis, to change into something better, to renovate, to create a new nature or a new default setting, a new basis. In other words, a new normal. When I'm talking about your nature, I'm talking about your normal, 
Not about what you have to conjure up and figure out. And, oh, okay, that's right. I'm talking about what you do by nature, just your natural response. That's transforming. That's, that's your true base nature. He said, the way you're going to change your nature is by renewing your mind. When I change the way I think, I'm going to change my new nature. Or my nature. I'm going to change my default setting. So this is what we're talking about, the power of choice. Power of choice. Let's put it, it was right here. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by renewing your mind. So now we've got to work backwards. How do I become transformed? How do I not become conformed? It starts by changing the way I think. Here's Chad's problem. Chad wants to change the way I feel, and then I can be different. I want the transforming part to come because I feel different. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says change the way you think. And when you renew your mind, change the way you think about that situation, change the way you think about yourself, change the way you think about your spouse, change the way you think about your friends, change the way you think about your job and your school, your career, whatever, you change the way you think, now you're going to begin to transform your nature. In other words, your essential base structure, it's going to change when you start making the decision, I'm going to think differently. It's not based on I feel. Most of the time when, when we don't make changes because we look to our feelings and we take a pulse on our feelings and say, am I different? Well, I feel the same, therefore I am the same. And the Bible says that's not scriptural. When you change the way you think, you will start to transform. Because the word transform is passive voice. In other words, the changing of your mind is what causes the transformation. It's not I'll be transformed and then I'll think differently. When I become different, now I'll start thinking different. No, it's backwards. We start thinking differently, and then we become transformed. Well, I want to be transformed magically. I know. We all do. But it doesn't happen that way. We have to choose to change the way we think. That's the power of a choice. I'm not going to think that way about myself. I'm going to choose to think differently. It's the power of making a decision. I want to encourage some of you. Some of you are one decision away from changing your life. Just need to make a decision. Just make a choice. Well, I got this reason, this reason, this reason. Are you looking for a way out or are you looking for a way in? Make a decision. We're going to be given excuses all the time to stay where we are. But at some point, we got to make a change and make a choice. I'm done with that and I'm going to start thinking this way. Making a decision. That's what God's looking for is to change our life. But sometimes we, we get decisions handed to us or we get choices handed to us. Because what we choose determines what we experience, but, but here's what I do know. We don't always get to, get to determine the choices that come into our life. Everything that comes into my life is not necessarily my choice. But here's what I want to encourage you with. We always have a choice on what we do from what comes into my life. You may be sitting here and say, Chad, well, I didn't choose a divorce. I, I, didn't, I didn't choose for my loved one to die. I didn't choose for them to abuse me. I didn't choose to get fired. I didn't choose this. I didn't choose that. I get it. There's a lots of things that come into our life that we don't get to choose the options that are in front of us, but we do get to choose which options we're going to connect to. I get to choose where I'm going to go from here. I may not get to decide how I get everywhere I am and, oh, that came into my life. I wasn't expecting that. What do I do now? But I do have the power to choose from here even if I didn't get to choose everything that came here. Not everything that comes into your life you're going to get to get a stamp of approval on. Wouldn't we all like to do that? 
Like everything before it comes into my life, God, could you run it by me so I can say okay? It doesn't happen that way. But I promise we get a say-so in which one we choose to agree with going forward. Power of choice. Power of choice. Notice the power of choice comes first and then it's the power of change. There is a power of choice. There is a will. Notice in the phrase when we gave this title, this message, where there's a will, there's a way. Will comes first. It's not where there's a way, there's a will. Where there's a will, where there's a decision, where there's a choice, we'll find a way, Paul said. I'll find a way in the will of God. Some means by now at last, I'll find a way. There's a will where there's a way. It's not where there's a way, there's a will. Because there's a lot of time there's a way, there's no will. So there has to be a decision first. But that's not enough. Power of connect of of making that decision is first power of choice. But now let's look at the second one, power of change. Power of change. Paul prayed that he might find a way in, to find a way in the will of God. Power of change is about connection. We can have a will to change, but if we're not connected to the right way or disconnected from the wrong way, we will not experience the change that we desire. Having the power of, cha- of, of choice, the will, I want to change, but the power of way or the power of connection, if I'm not connected to the right source and disconnected from the wrong source, I'm not going to experience the will that God has for me. Having a will is great, but the will makes a decision on what I'm going to connect to. It's like, okay, I choose to plug into that. I'm going to unplug from that thought. I'm going to plug into that thought. I'm going to unplug from those feelings and plug into those feelings. The choice decides which ones I get plugged into, but the source that I'm connected to actually makes the change. Am I making sense? I can make a choice to come to church, but if I never plug into church, it'll never change my life. I can make a choice to read the Bible, but if I don't connect with what the Bible says and say that's the way I'm going to live, then I'm never going to experience the will that he has for me. Where there's a will, there's a way. Let's look at it this way. The power of choice determines what I'm connected to, but the power of change brings about the change. So are you looking for a way out? Maybe any of these. Maybe these may resonate with you. Are you looking for a way out of depression? discouragement, self-esteem problems, fear of anxiety or anxiety, hopelessness, financial difficulty, pain or sadness, confusion, relationship issues. Are you looking for a way out of any of those? Or maybe none of the above. Maybe it's something else. I'm looking for a way out of these thoughts, Chad. They're just bombarding me all the time. I'm looking for a way out of addiction. I'm looking for a way out of this or that. What if? What if the way out It's not so much about what we're trying to get out of, but what if it's about what we need to get into? What about that? What if if I'm looking for a way out of my current situation, but what if the answer is not in just getting out, but it's getting into? Are you looking for a way out, or are you looking for a way in? Illustrated for you, you can be out in the front foyer here, and you can go out of that front foyer, and not necessarily come into the auditorium. You can go out of that room and never come into here, but you cannot come into here without going out of there. 30% of you got it so far. That's all right. You can want out of a problem. You can want to walk out of something, but never walk into something to replace it. You can want out of addictions, want out of pornography, want out of, out of whatever it may be. You can want out of these situations, but if you don't walk into something bigger and better, it will just be something I want out. I want out. Well, it's great that we want out, but what are you walking into? 
What if the answer is not what we're trying to get out of, but the answer is what we need to walk into. When I walk into the right thing, I will walk out of the wrong thing. Too many times in our life, we're just, I just want to walk out of this. I want to break this habit. I want to, I want to walk out of this discouragement. I want to walk out of this fear. I want to walk out of this anxiety and stress. And we want out. We want out. We want out. And all we're focusing on what we're trying to get out of, and we're not focusing enough on what God wants us to walk into. When he says, hey, you know the reason why you can't get out of it? Because you haven't chosen what you want to get into yet. We have to make a decision what we're going to connect to that's going to replace what we're trying to walk out of. A lot of times, how, how come we rehearse things? And I don't know if this is your, your uh, uh, experience spiritually, but I know it's mine. Sometimes when I don't get out of a situation, it's because I've not made a decision on where I'm going yet. You have to make a decision on where you're going from here. I don't want to think this way anymore. Okay, well, what are you going to start thinking? I don't know. I just don't want to think that anymore. That's not going to work. I don't want to have this fear anymore. Okay, well, what do you want to start having? I don't know. I just don't want to be afraid anymore. It's not going to work. I have to have something to replace it. I have to connect to some new thoughts. I have to connect to a new truth. This has been my truth my whole life. How am I going to get out of it? You get a new truth to replace it. And I start plugging into the new truth. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to think. This is what I'm supposed to see, how I'm supposed to see myself. This is what people have always said about me. This is what I've always done. So this is a reality. And God said, no, this is who you can be. So once you start plugging into that, you go into that and you come out of that. But we're never going to come into something new if we aren't willing to leave where we've been. So what if the problem is not so much about what we're trying to get out of, but what we're trying to get into? Colossians chapter 2 says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Let me jump down to verse 9. It says, For in Him, in Him, we're going into. Are you looking for a way out? Are you looking for a way in? For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete let me read verse 10 again so you can participate with me. And you are complete. Okay, let's try it again. And you are complete in him. In him. Sorry, Jerry Maguire, but we're complete in him. We're complete in him. Who makes you and I complete? He does. Getting in him, that's what completes our life. He's the one who brings that fulfillment into us. And so it's not about what we're trying to get out of. It's what we're trying to get into. Your and mine, the way in is our way out. You think about it right now. What are you trying to get out of in your life? What would you like to get out of? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's thoughts. Maybe it's whatever. I don't know what it is. You're saying, I, Chad, I would love to get out of that right now. Well, your way out is your way in. You need to have God show you what's my way in. And become a person who's looking for a way in. Was, excuse, excuse me. <coughs> About swallowed a bug flew in my mouth or something. I don't know what that was. Sorry, let's go do something silly there. Don't do that, Chad. <laughs> now I've got to refocus, man. It's like you get in these moments, now where do you go? And this is online even. Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Yeah. Hey, our way out comes from our way in. If I encourage people that's wanting to change their life, it is not focusing on what you want to stop doing. It's focusing on what you start doing. 
Your way in is your way out. You're like, Chad, I need a different life. Okay, get into a new life, and you'll walk away from your old life. But as long as you keep dabbling in the old, hanging out with the old, I'm not looking for a way out in my life. I'm looking for a way in. I'm not looking for a way out of my relationship with God through guilt and condemnation. I'm looking for a way in. I'm telling you, the devil will talk you right out of a relationship with God. You got to look for a way into your relationship with God. Stop letting him fool us just because we do something wrong. He starts putting guilt and condemnation. We start bailing, look for a way out. No, we look for ways into our relationship with God. You got to look for a way into your marriage. Don't look for a way out. What we focus on is what we will see. If you're looking for a way out of church, hang around for five minutes, you'll find one. We're a bunch of human beings. We all make some mistakes, got different perspectives. We look like if you're looking for a way out, an offense will come. Jesus said this, it is impossible that offenses will not come. Don't look for a way out. Look for a way in. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to walk away from your relationship with God. But don't look for ways out. Look for ways into it. Say, I'm going to be a person that looks for ways in. I'm, I'm not giving up easily. I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to keep looking for a way in because when we're connected to God, let me throw this in. When I'm connected to God's way, I don't want to say it this way. The power of change comes from our connection. So what I'm connected to becomes my source. If I plug into this, now it becomes my source. It's like, um, yeah, I don't, when we were kids, we used to drink out of a garden hose. Nobody does that anymore. You got to have water in a plastic bottle that's been sanitized and all that. But we used to drink just drink straight out of the garden hose. And you know when you first turn on that hose, it's maybe been sitting there for a while. <laughs> you, know, you, you know the water I'm talking about. There's water already in the hose, but you, <laughs> but you don't necessarily want to drink it. But if it's connected to the right source, if you will turn it on and you will let it run long enough, then what is not good will be pushed out by what is good. It's not, it's not just about getting the bad water out. It's about getting the right water in. You can sit there and just well, don't turn the water on, and you just try and hold the hose up and drain all the bad water out. How tedious would that be? Did I get it all? No, just crank on the good water and let it flush it out. This is what our relationship with God's supposed to be like. Just turn on the good thoughts of God. Turn on the ways of God and watch it wash out all the bad ways. Let it, let it wash out all the things you don't want in your life. I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way for fresh water to get in. Bad water can't help but get out when fresh water starts coming in. This is what God's saying to us. We're focused too much on, I, just, I wish I wouldn't think those thoughts. I wish I wouldn't think those. I understand 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we take thoughts captive. But if I don't plant new thoughts... And meditate. Bible tells me what to meditate on. I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way in. I'm looking for a way into new habits. I'm looking for a way into new thoughts. I'm looking for a way in. When I was praying about this and meditating this week, and all the time I kept getting thoughts, a negative thoughts, and I kept saying, you know what? I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I'm not thinking that way anymore. Discouraging voice from the enemy, telling me all kinds of things I'm no good at, not very good at, terrible. Nobody likes you. Nobody listens to you. Tells me all these things. I'm like, I've changed my mind. 
Don't do it. After the first service, he said, that was terrible. That was terrible. I don't know what you thought you were doing, but that was not any good at all. Nobody paid attention to what you were saying. I'm just telling you the thoughts that I get that come to my mind. But you know what I said during worship? I changed my mind. I'm not connecting to that thought. I'm connecting to what God says. I'm just praying for your thoughts to come in, your thoughts to do it. But we have the power of choice. I could waller. You know, you're right. That was terrible. I saw that person in the fifth row, second seat over. Man, they were, look, they were asleep the whole time. saw that person frowning. They never smiled, never laughed at any of my jokes. I thought it was funny. They're not never laughing at all. I could, I could focus on that. What we focus on is what will feed us. Are you looking for a way in or are you looking for a way out? Let's look for a way in. Let's look for a way into the relationship with God that we desire. Paul said, I pray that by some means at last I may find a way in the will of God. You and I have a will, so let's find a way. Let's find a way for it to work. Find a way to be a good friend. Find a way to be a good spouse. Find a way to change my home. Find a way to change my thoughts. Find a way to change how you view your life. I'm going to find a way. If there's a will, there's a way. Well, I don't know. What if things go wrong? What if they don't go wrong? What if things get worse? What if they get better? Be a person that's trying to find a way in. If we're looking for ways out, they're going to be handed to us every day. Excuses are going to be handed to you. What? I'm not sure what that was, Marty. They're going to be, they're going to be given freely and without reproach. The enemy does not care to talk you right out of anything. He don't care a bit to talk you out of it. If you'll let him. Well, this happened, that happened. How many times has disappointment tried to paralyze our walk with God? And we got to say, you know what, devil? That did disappoint me. That punched me right in the gut. Slapped me right up in the face. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose that. But I tell you what, I do have a choice on what I do from today. I didn't choose for that to happen to me, but I have a choice on what I'm going to do with it. You may have meant that to take me out, but let me tell you, I'm still here. I make a choice today. I'm going to find a way in. I'm going to find a way in the will of God to rejoice. I'm going to find a way in the will of God to be victorious. In the midst of defeat, in the midst of circumstances that are going against me, I make a choice. I'm going to find a way. Winners find a way. Winners find a way. Losers sit around and make excuses. Well, we're getting beat. Who cares if you're getting beat? Keep playing. Well, they're better. Than well, keep playing. Winners go for it. I'm going to get... I'm tired of Go for it. Find a way. Parents, if you're failing right now, if things aren't going well in your home, find a way to win. Find a way. If by some means, now at last, man, I've been letting the devil do this to me for these last six months. I've been away from God, not serving God. Well, you found a way to come to church. You found a way to turn it online. Now you can turn your heart to God and say, listen, I'm going to connect with the right way and disconnect from the wrong way. I told, I, told, I told the enemy during worship, second service, I, I, some people are going to think I'm uh, schizophrenic or something like having these conversations. <laughs> I promise I'm not. But I, but I have these thoughts. And so I raised my hands and I said, Lord, thank you. I plug into your thoughts. And I said, devil, raise your head again. I'm going to chop it off. Maybe I'm a little violent, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I get a little competitive. I said, you're going to talk to me, I'm going to talk back. Because I'm going to find a way to win. Right here. you got to find a way to win right here. Here's the battle. Here's the battle. 
Because we think, we think, when the thoughts aren't there anymore, we win. Right. That's not it. That's what I used to think. I think, well, when I won't feel that way or not think that way anymore, then I'll be free. God says, stop waiting for that. You're free the day you change the way you think. The way you choose which thoughts you agree with. All kinds of thoughts are going to bombard you all this week. We think, okay, I changed my thinking. I, I'm going to win. Okay, man, tomorrow, guess what? Whispering voice is going to tell you you're a loser. You've lost. You tried that. It failed. Which voice are you going to agree with? We don't win because we feel. Oh, this is so important. If I can help people walk out the relationship, if I can help myself walk out my relationship with God, here's what I would tell myself. Chad, quit waiting to feel what God has already said. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.